What's up? What's up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. After a nice long weekend, we are back at the Wind Casino streaming live from Blue Wire Studios. And we're going to be talking what's next for Sebastian Fundora and Carlos Adamas. Both picked up great wins this weekend. One probably doing better than the other. And we're going to have Blair the Flair. Exactly what the welterweight division has been missing. He most recently issued a warning to Earl Spence since he couldn't get together and make that fight with Terrence Crawford. So we'll have Blair in studio. But alongside, I got Ringwalk Danny. What's up, champ? What up, Tim? Good morning. Well, good afternoon now. Back for another show today. And uh, I was just telling the fellas, I'm like, man, it seems like we haven't been at Blue Wire in a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know, long weekend, obviously, Columbus Day. Uh, we'll have another blackout this Friday. We were just made aware. I mean, not just made aware. Obviously, we've been knowing we're horrible with those dates. But we're here to discuss what's next, man. Uh, Adamus, I think, has improved the mat. I mean, not improved, but definitely improved. But I think he's impressed was the word I was looking for, the masses. Um, I don't know that they're over-assessing it or it's because of the common opponent in Jamal Charlo having already faced Juan Montiel and Adamus destroying Montiel, he's been catapulted uh, amongst hardcores. What's your thoughts, man? Uh, How did you see Adamus over the weekend in his fight? Um, And what do you think is next? Well, you know, I got to be honest. I think uh, he was better than expected, in my opinion. And I mean that in no disrespect. I simply... We both were fortunate to see a bit of Adamus throughout camp. And in my opinion, I thought he would win. But I thought he would win by decision. And that was not the case, Ness. At all, bro. He came out a killer. He came out with very bad intentions. He came out in a very vicious, aggressive style. And he looked great. He put on a phenomenal performance. And obviously, the talk is he did it better than Jamal Charlo. Bro, vicious is exactly what he looked like. He was vicious. I mean, Jamel? No, no, Jamal, no. Jamal, Jamal, right? Yeah. Well, Adamus looked vicious. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it was Jamal that fought Montiel. Yes, 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 yes. The brother, the 160 pounder, and 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 all roads lead to Charlo. You know, Carlos told me that Charlo turned down the fight that he was supposed to have the fight before he fought Dervianchenko, and Charlo said no. You know, so we'll see now that he's a silver champion. Does that put him in a position any sooner rather than later? Um, but if you're Charlo, you really don't have anything else out there not named Benavides and Canelo. If this you, would be at least a title defense. Man, uh, it's really hard not to disagree. Uh, I want to say Golovkin. But that is so hard for me to believe. I just don't see Al offering Golovkin the money to face Charlo off of the loss to Canelo. You're not guaranteed to make that back. You know, can you put Charlo Golovkin on on pay-per-view? And how many pay-per-views does it sell? Uh, I think you would have to put it on pay-per-view. Oh, man. Maybe 300, 350. And that ain't going to cover. That ain't 350 might cover Golovkin's 20 million. Would he make for Canelo? Uh, I believe 35. 
So I, you got to at least give him 20 for Charlo. And they were offering him 40 once upon a time for two fights, right? So, you know, you got to figure at least 20 bands, 15, 20 being realistic off a loss. Maybe, maybe, maybe let's be realistic. Maybe 12. So 350 12 at to $75, 20. right? Because we're not going to count the taxes. I don't yeah. go to that. At $75 is $26 million. Two, uh, 26 million. Just enough. Just but, enough. You probably giving Charlo something that, like that six. Out of that, you know, they probably keeping 75%. Something like that. So they gotta that, they gotta give a percentage to the provider. They definitely gotta give a percentage to them, but they, but it's it could be fixed. It doesn't have it could be negotiated. It doesn't have to be I'm just saying you know, if it's 75 25, 25 seems hard. I mean Obviously, comparison to back in the day. 50-50 back in the day. Right. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't think that 75-25 is a unreasonable split. I just think that uh, <laughs> it's not big enough. Is not, there any other options for Adamus? Are there any other options for Adamus not named Charlo with the PBC? That he can do, like if, because you know, there's there's heavy rumors that Charlo isn't available, that mm-hmm. he's having, you know, issues outside of the ring. Exactly. So, well, look at middleweight on that PBC side. Adamus has a fucking sensational mm. fight for him waiting right there, right now. With who? Eddie Slandi Lara. You got I mean, a belt on the line. Yeah, Cuban I, versus Dominicans. I don't know that the they'll Dominic- do it. The Dominicans been on the rise this year. But Laura, Laura's not trying to fight. They're both with uh, Louis de Cubas. Exactly, but Laura's not trying to fight Adamus. He he's been called out by two bigger names and smaller men. Danny's a bigger name, smaller man. Keith Thurman's a bigger name, smaller man, more popular name. It, it won't. It doesn't make sense, but. We'll keep that tuck. Islandri Laura sounds decent. Maybe they could do it in Miami. Where else could they do it? Dominican, I mean, either Miami, New York. York. But it's cold, man. It's cold, man. We Caribbean. We don't like the cold. But Eubank is possibly an option. He seems to be a free agent. He's no longer fighting Junior, Connor Ben. Man, look. It's Charlo, it's Lara, and that's them the two fights. Those are the two fights. Adamus is already number one in the BC. You fight the champion that is uh, Jamal Charlo. Bro. 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 Sergio Martinez is number three. Let me get a screen share, fellas. Unbelievable. Number three, bro. Sergio La Maravilla Martinez. How? I mean, if I'm Carlos Adamas, I'm coming for that scout. Give him to me like Canelo got Mosley. I want him. Michael Safada is number one. He about to get a Canelo Alvarez shot. I mean, a, a, a Islandri Laura shot in Australia. He going to take him to Australia. <laughs> Michael Safada, that is insane, bro. Yo, Yo, 160 I, done dropped. Look, you got to... At the, at, I had to go back to make sure it was the same, like, Sergio Martinez. I couldn't believe it. It's the same, Sergio. But look at look at the Ring Rag magazine. You got Gennady 
40 years old. He's at number one. Charlo, inactive, number two. Demetrius Andre, inactive, number three. Jaime Munguia hasn't decided whether he's ready to face any of the big boys in the division. John Beck became an elevated champion, not, and he's fighting not, Beckley. No, 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 no. It's not that he hasn't decided if he wants to fight the big boys in the division. Come on, bro. It's, he hasn't decided if he wants to be a middleweight yet. Okay. You know, he's, he, I think. Uh, filling in. He's filling in. About 10 fights. You know, about 10 fights in the division will know. Like, does he want to remain here or not? Mm. You ain't you ain't Mexican enough, man. Bro, they didn't gave him tuna can after tuna can. Nah, he's beating up names. Those are decent, decent C-level names. Those At are At best. Those are developmental names. Demetrius Ballard, developmental name. Big Meech. Know what I'm saying? He fought some names. If you go through the resume, he got Dennis Hogan on there who just picked up a win. He got some names. They look, they're not I credit world Dennis. class, uh, elite level, or it's not a world champion, uh, current world champion resume, but it's 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 a decent resume for Jaime. He he's just not. He's like uh, well, you can't count. Like, uh, you can't count Berlanga. Dennis. That Dennis was at fifty four. Dennis Hogan was no, but but that's what I'm saying. In totality, we we're good on the screen share. Apologies. Uh, in totality, his resume is decent. You know what I mean? I, I'll I'll pull it up. He's got some decent names on his resume. I mean, off top, you know what? Saddam Ali, the, Dennis the Gabe, Hogan, the Gabe after the Beck the Bully Terriano knockout, Johnson, Gabe after the Beck the Bully knockout. That was a good one. Look, bro. Ballard. He did a number on Gabe. I picked him to beat Gabe, Gabe to beat him. He put machine gun hands on Gabe. So he got Big Meech, Demetrius Ballard, plus Gabe. He beat Sedimenta, common opponent with Triple G. But we, I will say on record, we only know Sedimenta for losing. Terriano Johnson, that's a good win. Gary O'Sullivan, another decent win. Um, Dennis Hogan, decent win. Inoue, Takashi Inoue. Decent win. Why? Because his brother is a good fighter? No, ain't that the Takashi that uh, went... 6'9"? That, that no. No, no, no. That is not him. No, this is the one that went life and death with Robert Guerrero. I'm pretty sure that he took Guerrero to hell and back. I'm pretty sure I'm clicking. You made me click, man. This guy, he made me click. Ma made you look. Tim Zhu, Jaime Monguilla. Okay, so he went... He 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 for Zhu, not, not, not Guerrero. Unless he got the win over Guerrero. Let me see. Okay, no, no win over Guerrero. So it's 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 this is the one that fought Tim Zoo. That's a decent name. Then you got Liam Smith, Saddam Ali, and that that about rounds it up. Those are decent names. You know, he's building. He's building. He's number four in the world and number one in Mexico. Uh, in the world, you got Gennady above him, Andre above him, Eubank, and then Jaime. You know, but some would argue that Eubank, Charlo, Gennady, you know, all those names are above him at the division. But And, and Munguia's last fight was at Super Middle, let's not forget. Mm -hmm. But that is a good fight if Carlos Adamas could get it. Now, Adamas is ranked number eight. And number seven will be Ryota Morota, but last we heard, he fought and lost to Gennady. Gennady Golovkin back we in April this year. We don't know who he is with. Is he with top rank? Does he still owe them a fight? 
I'm pretty sure he was with Mr. Honda. Obviously, Mr. Honda and Top Rank do business. So, mm-hmm. so that that's how we've seen him on the uh, ESPN and Top Rank Top Rank platform in the past. But for those of you joining us live on YouTube.com around the world, go ahead and put your thinking caps on. Give me some of your suggestions as to who Adamus could be facing next in the chat. Quickly, uh, we'll transition into Sebastian Fondura. Obviously, he picked up a good win. Jamel Charlo is the champion, the undisputed champion in the division. So he's a, he's busy. He's got a date scheduled for January 28th. No venue, no country as of yet. We're assuming he'll be going to Australia for the big bucks or bringing Zoo from Australia over here. At 154, what would you like to see Sebastian Fondure just picked up a WBC silver strap and defended? What would you like to see him do? Castaño, number one. Sebastian, number two. Tim Zhu, number three, will be busy with Charlo. Harrison picked up the win over Sergio Garcia, common opponent with Fondura. Then you got Karabanov, who's got some decent wins. Mike Domet Karabanov, we've interviewed him quite a few times. He beat Liam Smith. He's undefeated. He's strong. He's Russian. He brings money. Liam Smith, who lost to Karabanov right there at number seven. Israel Mav- Mavridov mm-hmm. right there. And Michael Soro somehow made it to the top ten. Shout out to Michael Soro. He's been there all his life. Like, he's been in that division all his life. Never been able to get a world title. I just wonder, would he ever? And he's decent. He's a Frenchman. Carlos Ocampo, number 10. But I'm assuming he'll be losing... Ranking now that he fell, you know, at the hands of Sebastian Fondura. So I don't see anything jumping out at me, man. Like Charlo having all the belts. Sebastian already beating American Erickson Lubin, who's number five. If I'm I'm Samson and this is an interim fight at his finest, and I don't mean an interim title, I mean an interim, an in-between fight. While Charlo does something, what do we do with our guy? Now, our guy did say in his post-fight, he's not fighting till spring, so he's done for the year. And he ain't back till March, April. That's springtime, March, April. Pick a, pick one, you know? So, are you mad at Harris? I am mad at him. That's Six too, months? That's a long time. It's a long time. I know he's disciplined, so he ain't going to get fat. All but right. my man is taking off the holiday. He going to be out there for the Chant. candy. When was his last fight? No clue. Six months ago. Okay. He's staying on course. I don't like that every six months. You ain't a superstar. You ain't got a strap. No, but... He's under Al. If that's what Al telling him, you get what I'm saying? If that's how they moving, if they, you know, the dates that they get from Showtime is but only so many. So he may only be able to go uh, twice a year. He is at that title contention. But think about it. So now you're going in April or March. Charlo just fought, hopefully wins. Or Zoo is the new champion in January, end of. It's not enough time. You're going to have to push back or get one off and then negotiate. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you you would have been out six months plus add on another two, three to negotiate and and and, and start a press tour with, with the winner of January 28th's bout. Like, that's too far out. You need a fight in between. But... That's what we're here to discuss. I would like to say I'm going to nominate Tony Harrison. 
that's the biggest in-between fight. Unless he could get one of them bigger welterweight names to move up, which I highly doubt they're going to be brave enough to fight a Fondura. They're calling out the likes of Islandri Laura, who's pushing 40. I don't think they're going to want Sebastian Fondura. And by they, I mean Keith and Danny. You mm. know, any welterweight calling out 54 pounders. If you really want it, there goes a dude with an interim strap that gives you the keys to the kingdom. Because you beat Fundora, you, the keys up. to the kingdom. I mean, if you beat Fundora, you you up next against the winner of the twenty eighth winner. It's just that simple. And guess what? If you're Danny and you beat Fundora, man, Jamel and Zoo really want to fight you because now you you're not just a money fight. You are somebody in the division. You just beat the top guy. Who's the next mandatory? I mean, I mean, you know, the IBF was always there. Because obviously he's knocking out the B.O., uh, no pun intended, in Tim Zhu. Which doesn't make sense because he beat the champion. That's crazy. You beat the champion, now you got you 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 inherit I'm, his mandatory. Because I'm pretty sure he took step aside to I allow mean, that understanding. I mean, the fight. clock should reset. I shouldn't inherit your, your issues. I'm just picking up the strap. All champions, like Border Wars, yo, all champions... You won the strap from a champ, but then you got a, ma- a mandatory voluntary your next fight. Then we talked about your mandatory defense. You know what I'm saying? But that's how it should be in boxing because it's like, yo, you beat me and I'm the champ. Like, Andy didn't get... That's why the rematch never should be immediate. I get that it makes sense, but we always see the numbers decline. But if I was a champ, if I was a contender and I beat you, Anthony Joshua, I'm Andy, I beat you, your rematch still exists. I get my I get my voluntary, though, because I became a champion. That should be the rule. I became a champion. Give me my voluntary. I go back to the, to the Valley. I fight Areola. I don't get knocked down because there's no back and forth. I look good. Then come back and give you your rematch. But what if you lose? That rematch clause stills with AJ. Whoever won got to fight him, except that process is there. Champion Ariola now, because he beat Andy, gets his voluntary. I just feel it's unfair, and I understand it's, it's litigations, it's contracts and all that, but I think it's unfair for you to beat the champ and not truly be able to be treated like the champ because of a, a, a contract. But... Gentlemen, let's bring in our first guest. We have Blair the Flair in the building, mm. welterweight that is ready to take over the rankings and sent out a, a pretty, warning. Pretty clear message. Pretty stern message mm. to Earl Spence. And uh, we'll see what was going through his mind when he sent that out because, you know, we did talk a little bit about that. And, uh, just maybe how um, Earl would receive it. But here we are, Blair the Flair in the building. Come on in, Blair. What's going on, brother? Oh, no hellos. All right. I'll just sit back right down. You know? <laughs> it's all good. Straight to business. You know yeah. what? Hold no, on. No, no. It's all good. Oh, God. Now he's getting up. How are you, man? How are you? Nah, man. It's, 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 it's amazing to have you in studio. Uh, it's amazing to be here. You guys are... 
Thank doing you for pulling up, job. man. Thank you for pulling up because look, you weren't even uh, scheduled. You just hit us up like, "Yo, I'll be in town," and 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 we were able to accommodate, and we're happy, man, because <laughs> it came at a good time. I mean, you took to your social media, uh, and most people follow you. Everybody. Uh, knows exactly who you are, and and you gave out a stern message to Earl Spence. Uh, I, it seems like the frustration set in, the same frustration that a lot of us fight fans are dealing with right now. Like, we want this alleged undisputed fight, and as a welterweight, I'm interpreting your message as you're frustrated that the division is being held up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, this is the this is the thing, right? How about this? You you guys know all the update information when it comes to this fight and, and mostly everything that has anything to do with boxing. So give me a refresh of what's going on with the Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford fight as of now. I mean, there, there are definitely uh, conflicting reports. I just read an article. <sighs> I, I want to say the day or yesterday that Espinosa was saying that certain websites uh, alluding that ESPN and Coppinger have a fraction of the story and what they're reporting uh, isn't 100% accurate, meaning the November 19th has always been a date they talked about, but he said in the article that there's other dates as well. And, uh, you know, the fact that, that people are reporting that November 19th is no longer an option, he says that's not true. But... I, I want to say that the, the biggest hiccup was uh, about two weeks ago, um, Coppinger was reporting from ESPN that the holdup was Al Hamey needing reassurances that Daniel Keenahan, who had alleged uh, Irish crime bob ties, was not attached in any way uh, with Terrence Crawford. So who knows, Blair? Truth be told, who knows? There's there's so much going on. It just doesn't make sense, though. It's it's no disrespect to these two men, but they're not Manny and fucking Floyd. Why is it taking so long to get this contract <clears throat> ironed out properly? I don't know. Like that's and like it's very frustrating. It's not just frustrating for me, but it's frustrating to the people. I consider myself the people's champion, and I'm gonna call it the way it is, the way people have been thinking, but ain't saying, I think somebody is a bitch. You don't think that's pretty strong words? Because I get it. You guys are fighters. You want to fight. But, you know, a lot of these guys are taking the the, the hip-hop route. So it's like... What's the hip-hop they don't wanna, route? They don't want to, you know, get at you on a diss track. <clears throat> they want to shoot you and, and fight catch, you catch outside you the, the ring, outside the studio. So it's like, you know, Earl might not take that uh, as you trying to build up the fight. Do you care? Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's ever disrespected you for you to call him a bitch, right? Nah, absolutely. Well, he does have some. He did some, say, he, does he did call you a 30-year-old prospect for sure. I know that rubbed you the wrong way. consistently if I fight. Like even in my last fight, he's, he has stuff to say. But you know something? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, like, I don't give a damn if he wants to take it to the streets. Like, mm. I don't think people understand where I actually come from and the people that I'm actually connected to. I'm one of the most dangerous people around, but it doesn't matter because what I'm, what I'm in is in boxing. 
You know what I'm saying? And I would step to anybody right in front of all of their fucking friends, all in front of their whole people. Just like I did with Ennis. I don't care. I am a lion. And this is how lions oh, oh, oh. act. What do you mean what you did with Ennis? Are you talking about the sparring session or you stepped to him before that we don't know about? No, I stepped to him right here in Las Vegas in front of his home his hometown crowd and everybody. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're talking about after the fight? Yeah, yeah after, after the fight. After, okay. after the fight. Calling yeah. him out. Okay. Calling him out right in front of everybody. It didn't matter. That's how real kings, like, address situations. And, like, it's just, and, like, it's very frustrating to, like, even be having these conversations talking about this fight that's supposed to be, like, the undisputed um, champion fight, championship fight with two fighters that really don't try that much hard to sell a fight at all. And then, then they think that they deserve more money. They think this and they think that. And and then you have a whole lot of things that's that's, like, making the fight harder to be made than it really should be. And like they're not out there putting putting that um putting that energy out that they're fighting. Like they're not like putting like look, they need in order for them to act, actually like uh make the money that they think that they deserve, they gotta work harder than that. I mean what the world the How world deserves a, think, a better champion. How much is it that you think they think they deserve? They want they want Floyd May, Floyd Mayweather money, but yet they they never they never took their uh their fight across the world. They never like like how many like are you really captivating the audience outside of boxing? Because that's what Floyd did, and that's what Blair Flair is gonna be doing soon. Like you gotta do you gotta run tours, you gotta talk shit, you gotta be you gotta be an icon. You know what I'm saying? If you're not an icon, get the fuck out the way because Blair Flair is here. And that's just how I feel at this at this moment. Everybody is just talking and waiting and wasting time. And like, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, you got me fighting fucking fights I ain't supposed to be winning and still winning. And like it's just a lot, it's just a lot of a lot of nonsense going on. You know what I mean? So nobody you, wants to fight nobody. Do so so wait. When you say fights I'm not supposed to be winning, you mean according to who? Yourself or according to the bookmakers? According to the bookmakers, according to like Fans, according to a lot of people. So you were supposed to lose against Hooker. That's what a lot of people are saying. Absolutely. I wasn't the betting favorite. And to tell you the truth, I haven't been the betting favorite in a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, right, in these like these 50-50 and 40-50 fights, you don't see none of these young athletes doing this shit. You don't see them bouncing back from adversity. And then the thing is, I really am sick and tired of uh, Alexis Rocha name being tatted right next to mine. You didn't do the work. You know what I'm saying? You fought a bum right after me. And then I fight an even tougher opponent that was way more prepared than even when he fought the other two fights that he lost. Mm. He was far more prepared, and he came in underweight Why? On Why purpose. do you feel he was more prepared than his championship unification with Jose Ramirez, hypothetically? There's two things he told me. I went out. Like, after this fight, I said, what the fuck was that? Mm. I told him. I told him to his face. I'm like, God damn, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, you were supposed to be out in the first, second round. You're supposed to be done. You know what I'm saying? He, nah, had, he, way more, he had way more fight than I ever even imagined. So what the fuck was that, man? How, like, where was all that fight in these other fights? 
He's like, man, I had a horrible camp. And I had a horrible camp with Romero's. You know what I mean? A horrible camp with Romero's. And I had a broken hand before the fight with uh, Virgil Ortiz. Mm. The fighter that I fought that night was far greater of a man than the fighter that fought them, them two guys that night. And he had Terrence Crawford in his corner. And Bo Mack. He, he had Bo Mack, Terrence Crawford in his corner. You know what I mean? Did he you had feel like most. it was you against the world? Man, in every fight, it's me against the world. And I love it. It's, it's like people don't understand that, like, like people see a lot of, like, uh, they see all the negatives. I see opportunity. It's like, oh, shit, you ain't supposed to win this fight. A lot of people got you not winning this fight. You just came off a loss. I see opportunity to inspire the world. Guess what? Blood of Flair is coming back and better than ever. No, and, and, and honestly, you impressed me, but I was afraid because back-to-back losses could be, you know, devastating for a career. Now, was that on your mind? Did you feel like your promotional company wasn't truly looking at your best interest because it's like you said, you're coming off a loss. The dude that beat you gets in a softer fight. You get the former world champion with Terrence Crawford and Bomack in his corner. Did you feel like a setup? And, and overweight. He came in overweight on purpose to run me over. Terrence Crawford and everybody in this corner saying that they're going to knock me out before mm. the third round. It's over before the third round. Everything. Everything says that, like, he's going to run me the fuck over. And it's not that day. Now, now, how long did you know about that fight? Because I feel like it just came out of nowhere. And it was like, boom, they Super announced last it. Minute. Last yeah. minute. So tell me you at least got a phone call weeks out and you were in preparation. Or was it truly phone rings? Yeah, I'll take it. And two weeks later, mm-hmm. one week later, you're fighting this fucking former world champ. Because, yeah, then it would be really questioning what's going on at Golden Boy, my friend. Well, the thing is, um, he had about three months to prepare for me. Mm. He knew, so you knew as well for three knew, months. He knew before me. Okay. Then I started. I knew, and like I still had to go through some trials and errors. The thing is, I had to get a new team. I know for sure at the at the time that Wait, like I wasn't so able, new team. So no more no more Freddie Roach in the corner. Yeah, I had I had to, I had to change teams with Freddie Roach, and I still love Freddie Roach and um and. Wild card boxing and the fighters and the atmosphere, but it just wasn't right for me to prov- so to push me to the next level. Fight? I had I had a, I have got a whole new team of um a whole new team with me. Um, I have two trainers that's that's helping me to progress me and that's putting a hundred percent effort in me and um and Coach Romo and Cecilio and um and Coach Adams. That's three guys. Bo- Bones Adams. No, there's another. There's another Adams. And um, and like these these three guys are putting a hundred percent of their effort into one thing, letter flare to world title, and like that's the kind of effort that you. And this need. is out in L.A. Yeah, actually, actually, it's in um, it's in Camarillo. You know, it's 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 basically where where the Mexicans be at. That's you know, Oxnard. And um, that's where I, that's where I be at right now. I'm in, I'm in Oxnard, and um. So I have who did a new you team. use for sparring specifically? Now that the fight is done, who who prepared you uh, physically in sparring for Maurice Hooker? Well, I had a couple guys. I had a couple guys with me. Um, one that's already there in Camarillo named Richard, and this other guy that's my one of my closest friends named Alexis um, Salazar. 
Now, these guys are top guys. And, like, Alexis is one of the guys that I taught. I literally gave him all of my tricks almost. Mm. You know what I mean? So, in, like, when you're dealing with somebody that's young. What do you mean you gave him all the, uh, the tricks? I have a high, I have a and a lot. I have a big tricks. I have a lot of Toolbox. tricks. Yeah, I have a lot okay. of tricks in my bag. Okay. I have a lot of tricks. I have a lot of experience. You have you're talking about somebody that came from from um from Mexico to New York to Philadelphia to Las Vegas and fought multiple different types of fighters. You know what I mean? That's gone through the, the Olympics, gone through the Olympic trials. That's gone through a lot of um, city fights and, and saw some of the best athletes that sparred some of the um, some of the top contenders and and um, and world renowned athletes like Shane Mosley and things like that at a young age and built up. So like I have a whole lot of tricks. You know what I mean? I have a whole lot of tricks that tricks the eyes, that tricks the foot movement, the tricks. I have a lot of tricks, and I needed somebody that will be able to challenge me. And the only way that I can get people, that I can have people that actually challenge me is by giving them what I know, mm. you know? And But I have to trust somebody to do that because, like, I, I'm beating everybody. Like, I'm by far the number one athlete in, um, in anywhere I go, whether it's Philadelphia, Las Vegas, fucking Mexico. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm by far the best athlete there. So like in order to in order to like grow as an athlete, I needed uh I need somebody that I can trust, that I can give everything that I have, so they know all my tricks and abilities. So then it's all about who can who can outsmart who. So after the big win, obviously, <clears throat> I, I I believe that's your biggest win of your career as former world champion Maurice Hooker. Would you agree? Um, I don't know. What? I don't know. Thus far, that's not the biggest win. See, again, I don't know. See, because the thing is, right, every fight, like a lot of fights, I went through like the 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 trials and errors and the thing and the tribulations that I've been through in my in my career is dramatically different compared to anybody else's career. You know what I mean? Now, the fight with um with Maurice Hooker was under a different circumstances. I had enough time to prepare at least before camp. You know what I'm saying? And I like I got myself together and then I luckily found a team just in the nick of time. You know what I mean? But before So you were training yourself for a period of time. Yes. For yes. how long? Um, for about three to four weeks. Four to th- like yeah, three or four so weeks. When it comes to boxing, what were you doing in those three to four weeks by yourself? It's like just, were you would you the, go spar? Like no. Nah. But when you say okay. the first three to four weeks, I mean, when you say three to four weeks, you're not saying the first three to four of camp. You're saying you were on your own for three to four, then you found them and had a full eight-week camp? How? What exactly do you mean? All right. Both. All right. This is what happened. Just, I didn't have an actual team. So I had to just train. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there'll be times when I'm just, I'm going to different gyms or I might go to wildcard gym just to get a workout in. But for the most part, I'm just training, training myself, basically. It's not nothing like new that but I haven't done. But you don't done, have though. the fight yet. You're just staying. Ready. No, they no, they they had they tell me I had the fight. Okay, so, I already so had that's the fight. that's what I wanted to know. Before so you I went knew I first had the fight. three weeks of this camp for that fight without a trainer. Yes. Okay, that's what we were trying to get down to the nitty gritty. 
So three three weeks before the fight, like um, I mean, but three three weeks in training camp, I didn't have a I didn't have a trainer, I didn't have a team, you know, and I was going, I was bouncing between like Buddy McGirt, Freddie Roach, and just like just whatever, just kind of just on my own, just training and trying to get my life together. And how'd you fall with the trio? Why them? I ran into um, Coach Adams and Coach Cecilio in, um, in this, this boxing um, supply store. You know, and I'm over here getting some boxing shoes and some wraps and some gauze and tape and things like that. And I run into them and they're like, oh, and we end up, we end up clicking and talking and whatever. And, um, and I was just basically just tell, I just gave them a rundown. Like I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm like, man, honestly, dude, I just, I just need somebody that's going to be with me mm-hmm. for this ride. Like I just need a hundred percent from somebody, somebody. I need a hundred percent. I need, I just need a can't, I just need a, a team that can get me to where I'm going. And most times the only way that you can get a team that can get you to where you're going is that you need a hundred percent effort from everybody. Cause it's going to take that much to get from like this to superstardom, mm-hmm. especially when you have somebody like me, I'm not fighting easy fights. You know what I'm saying? I'm fighting kill, kill or be killed fights. Uh, and, um, and I, and I already got the, got the word that I'm fighting this guy. So like that, that's what I told them. And then blase, blase. And like, they're like, look, man, look, you need to, you need to come down to Camarillo. And um, I got this new facility. I got a new gym. I got everything going on. I got, a, um, and we got this, this trainer, Cecilio, that's your, the guy that you're talking to. He, he trained Lomachenko. He trained a lot of great athletes like, um, like Sergio Martinez and such and such. He has a lot of experience. Um, look, you give us a chance and I promise you, I've never, I never forget these words. He said, I promise you, you're not going to forget it. You're not going to regret it. Mm. He said those words to me. And then I continued on with my bullshit. <laughs> I continued on with my bullshit. And like, and somewhere in the midst of all of just like popping and bouncing around, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to get us a shot. I'm going to give it a shot at least once. I'm going to at least check it out. Check the mm. gym out. Cause like, this other gym that 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 this other trainer's in, um, um, Buddy McGurk, it was just a horrible gym. Like the floor is coming up, it's just not. It's just ridiculous. Blue Moon, yeah, Blue Moon was getting mm. on my nerves. I was like, man, what the hell is this? What, what is this? Is this this is not professional? I can't I can't work in this what? environment. What the floor coming up at Blue Moon? <clears throat> Get out of here! It was just a lot. It was a lot. Not not enough space, things like that, and then like not really getting the um. The commitment from the trainer. It was mm-hmm. it was just a, a bunch of nonsense, and so I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna give this a shot at least once. I'm gonna give it a shot. I gave him I gave him a call. I said, Yo, I'm pulling up today. I'm pulling up today at such and such time, and um, I'm and let's 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 check it out. Let's I'm gonna give you guys give you guys a shot. Let's see let's see how how we mesh. And did you guys, did you immediately hit it off or did, did, did you give them a couple days before you started, you know, assessing or what? This is what happened. I show up and all three guys, the, the, the two guys and, the, and then there was a third named Romo. He, um, that, that like the other two introduced me to, that's going to be the lead um, technical trainer. Mm-hmm. They all showed up on time. 
just when I pulled up and everything ready to work. And we went to work instantly that day. And I never stopped working since. And like, it was just like, oh shit, they like, they was really about it. Like they was really about it. They, they, they pulled up and everybody just went straight to work. We even started developing a, um, a, like a, a step-by-step plan to get through like training camp. Um, they already started breaking down the, um, the opponent and what flaws we might be able to, might be able to subdue him with and all the other stuff and, and breaking, breaking down a strategy. I had all of that stuff like laid out at my hand, at my feet. And I'm used to just doing it myself. When I was with Freddie Roach, I'm doing all of that shit basically myself. Mm. You know, like I'm like the strategy is on me. Everything's no way. on me. Everything's on me, you know? That's crazy. And then like That's sparring. supposed to be the coach's uh, job, the <clears throat> strategy, coming up with the strategy, game plan. game plan, and finding you the sparring. So you tell them you finding your own sparring partners. Yeah, it was it was just, it was a lot of work. Um and like again, I, I don't like I like I still love Freddie Roach and what he does and what he does was working at the time that he was using it. I mean, you know, at his peak. But like, you know, right now it's just it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. At at the level that I'm at and with boxing evolving at the level that it's evolving. You know, it's just you have to be at 100 percent and you do have to have a game plan before you just walk up in there and just like think that you can spitball, uh, you know, you, what, what what's going on. I mean, it, people have people are smarter now. People are smarter and have way more strategic um, thinking and game plans going into action when you walk in that ring. So you fall <clears throat> August 6th. Are they telling you anything? Are you done for the year? Do you get another one this year? <clears throat> so, but let me let me let me let me let me rewind back though. So after after that whole situation, I had five weeks training camp with them. Dramatic change compared to the last the last fight, which I only had five weeks of training and I didn't have a pre camp. I wasn't trying to get myself together mm-hmm. and I wasn't training before. The, the last fight, uh, Alexis Rocha, I only had like four to five weeks of actual training. Four weeks because the last week didn't count. You know, so that was what happened. You know, and it's just... Why was that the case, though? Because they never gave me any like real confirmation that I'm fighting until literally the day of the fight. I didn't know what the hell was going on until the day of the fight. And then even when the day of the fight was coming, like, we were still in negotiations to see, like, shit, man, should I just walk away from this? Or, like, I don't even know. I Like, so I, like, I didn't fight, know if I was fighting until the day of the fight. So the day of the fight, you've already, like, at this point, weighing's done. So at this, you're talking about negotiating. So money was the issue. There was, a lot, there was a lot of things that was an issue. One, I don't know if I'm fighting until literally, like, they, they didn't even, look, let's just put it like this. There was no buildup. There was no like, oh, um, Alexis Rocha is going to fight Blair to Flair before, you know what I mean? Like four or five weeks before. There was none of that. There was no introduction that like I was even going to be on a card. There was a lot of nonsense going on. And then, um, and even when they like introduced like, okay, Blair to Flair is going to fight um, Alexis Rocha and this and that. Like when they, even when they put that out there, I didn't get, I didn't receive 
like any kind of like contract. I didn't receive a contract until like almost a week of the fight. And then like I didn't get a, res- a, v- a revised contract until like almost the day of the fight. We wasn't sure if the fight was going to happen until the day of the fight. Like I'm over here promoting the fight before like I even signed a contract to fight. I'm like, mm-hmm. they didn't even fix my contract. I should be pay- getting paid more. I'm the main event and I'm saving this show. And now, like before it wasn't a sold out crowd. Now it's a sold out crowd. Like there should be something, some kind of comp- like, you know, compensation. No, nothing. It's just like, it was just a lot. It was a lot going on, and it just got so me to a point. So ultimately, what did they do? Ultimately, the whole idea is just, you know what? Let me just go ahead and save this show. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, damn it, it's almost been a year since I fought, and I don't have time for this, and everybody else don't have time for this. Everybody, all of these fighters literally came in to fight, you know what I mean, and showed up. And it doesn't matter what kind of, like, crazy shit that, like, uh, Virgil Ortiz is doing. You know what I mean? Behind closed doors that kind of shut that whole fight down and all that stuff. It's like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get this done. So that's what I did. I just got ahead and got in, got in there and got it done. So obviously you upset the Apple card. What did they tell you after that? And 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 are you getting out before the end of the year or, or are we not seeing you to the new year? Um, we're trying to get a fight um December. Trying to get something in December. So you're trying to get on that Ryan card. I don't know. I don't know if the are they fighting in December. Sure sounds like it. Cause they like I say yeah yeah yeah, but like I don't I don't hear no dates. I don't hear no real like promotion. I mean yeah. the the date that's always <clears throat> been heard was December seventeenth for Tank. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's still more than two months out. You know I think <clears throat> I think if they announce it by the end of this month. They'll be more than okay. And those guys, um, they've been, you know, like everything that they've been posting are indications that the fight is getting closer and closer. I mean, this morning or yesterday, rather, they both posted done, you know. Uh, Yesterday or the day before, you know, we had uh, Salvador Rodriguez saying that we might not have to wait till next year. Fingers crossed you know, December. So it does look like it could be taking place. Um, who knows, man? It's 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 crazy the way boxing works, man. You know, football, you got a schedule, you know who's who your team is playing, and it's so easy to prepare for, for the boxing fan. Like, I'm a fan of yours. I have no clue when you're fighting. If I didn't know you personally, it it has to be frustrating, you know, because it's like, okay, when are you fighting? How do I plan for this? If I got a girl that wants to... You know, she knows you're my favorite fighter, wants to buy tickets and plan a flight to wherever. We don't get any of that. Boxing fans, they got to love you so much. It's like, oh, shit, Blair's fighting. And, and then go and book. You, you get no preparation. We get no discounts. We paying the, the, the top price because, like you said, they telling you last minute, so you telling us last minute. It's frustrating. So So you're saying that... It's one of those things, though, right? Like... Other sports, they have seasons. We get to have boxing year-round. Like, it don't matter what day of the week it is. It don't matter, you know, what time of the year it is. We get to have boxing Yeah, I mean, we get a season, too. It's a year long. 
Did I get playoffs and all that? We don't. We just get a whole year worth of boxing. It's a whole season. Every year is a season, right. in my opinion. Right, but and one great fight. We usually <laughs> we usually have one great fight, one or two great fight, where the marquee like um, face of boxing actually fights. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's it's Canelo Alvarez. I don't know if it's if it's going to be someone else pretty soon. It could be me. It could be someone else. But um, we also have that. Like before, it was Floyd Mayweather. If Canelo retires today, who would you say is the 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 face of the sport? At least here in America, I would probably auction myself to be one of one of the best out there. And the reason why is because it's it has a lot to do with everything else. You have you have uh, you have people in boxing right that has a big fan base, but they can't really they can't really like move a crowd. You have a you have a, you have people that have a really good fan base like and can who? fight, but like is not inspirational. Yeah, like okay, with like the two fires that we, that we just spoke about, that's two literal examples of Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis. You have and you have Ryan Garcia. He has a big fan base, but he can't move a crowd. Some people are just corny. You know what I'm saying? And then you have like um Javante Davis. But wait, what do you mean by can't move a crowd? Because they they showing up to his fights. No, he's showing he's showing up to his fights. When I say moving a crowd, the thing is, after you get to this level, how do you go farther? How do you go farther? Because like star status, mega star status has to move farther than just like what you can produce on social media. Yeah, but you know, you're talking about a sport that at any given time is never going to have more than at best a handful of mega stars. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. like right now, I think the only I think the only mega star, the only American mega star really you could safely say is Javante Davis. Some people, some people say say Ryan, you know, be, uh, big deals that he's doing. Obviously, Gatorade, GMC, and like yeah. all, all this yeah, shit he's GMC doing. I love that. Um, I, you know, I just, it's like it don't matter who the hell Tank fight, it don't matter where he fight, he's selling out. Like they're keeping Ryan west of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, Javante could go. East or west of that motherfucker, he doing 20,000 people. It don't matter. Well, see, th- this is the whole thing. I think most of that and is he's based on around the promotion mm-hmm. behind it. Floyd is doing an incredible job with him, or he has been doing an incredible job with him. We're promoting him and, and building up his uh, his persona, doing a, um, those series and things like that. He really worked with Javante Davis. But Javante Davis is not a personality that people can really connect to. So, like, when you I talk, do, when you I, talk I, that, I, I, he doesn't I say mean, anything. I get, I get When's the last time saying. you heard him say I anything? I get what he's saying. So, like, he's not a talkative person, but somehow talk- they are connecting with him because they're the they're coming out for him. Like, it's the no, knockouts they selling. And, it's and, the knockouts. No, and honestly, on top of the knockouts, to me, is just the fact that when you talk about the urban community, they have somebody to relate to. Yeah. They have somebody like, you know, they've they've told a story about how he was in, in, in the foster care system and mm-hmm. how his mother, you know, battled it. So many people can relate to 
So when you said moving, I'm like, that's moving. Like people having to overcome that and to be able to do what he's doing. And then on top of that, it's just like outside of Floyd, I just think that because of those not those knockouts, he is able to sell. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, his events are star. It's the knockouts, though. It's it's definitely the knockouts, which which brings me back to you. Obviously, you know, what we were you, watching. What do you that guys fight. think about Javante Davis? And Devin. Devin Haney. How'd that fight play out? I like that yeah. fight, man. I want to see how those you, crowds. How do you think, how you think that, that fight plays out? And how do you think the crowd... No, those crowds... Like, I, I think I think that's a pull. And, like... What do you mean a pull? Devin Haney has all the belts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Devin Haney has all the belts. And it's still the looming threat of all of those belts being taken back to where they belong, which is Lomachenko. Mm. We have we have Lomachenko well, still in the mix. There. We talk about why they don't... Okay, look. When Lomachenko had all the belts, nothing. When did Silence. he have all the belts? He had all the belts. He had never, all, never had all he the had belts. He had all the belts never when, had, when... when um, Never. How? What, what belt did he not have? He did not have the, wasn't no, no, he, no, wasn't the, he a... The, um, he did not have the WBC or the, the IBF. The WBC was his belt until, until, until they... Until he asked for franchise. No, yeah. they made a franchise belt. No, 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 no. They made a franchise no, they belt and they gave it. They requested, he requested it. They requested for it. They requested yeah, they, for it. They went to Cancun on vacation at the WBC convention. You know, Aegis was there. You know, they was very happy. You before, know, before, yeah, before they made this... Franchise belt. No, no, the franchise was already a thing. Canelo was yeah, the first Canelo one to get it. Had it. Canelo. Canelo was the first one to get it. He became franchise oh. uh, June of that year, Father's Day week, actually. Uh-huh. Jamal Charlo was fighting Brandon Adams. He was elevated to full champion. Uh, so what? So that was maybe who had the uh, world October, title? October who had that the world year? title before that. Uh, that um, that well, franchise so belt was made. It was vacant. It was vacant. Um, Devin actually had it. No, 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 no. So it was no, vacant they... and Campbell and Vasil fought for it. Huh. Vacant title. So Campbell, so, Luke Campbell and Vasil fought for it. Vasil won it. And then... And then two weeks later, two, two weeks later or a week later... Okay, so a, a week... then that the, the world title is originally... Okay, Loma he didn't Chinko's have the belt. IBF. He didn't have the IBF. Yeah, yeah. Him yeah, and T.O. still had the IBF. So regardless, so then he fought T.O. for the IBF mm. and without the WBC being on the line because he took franchise and lost. So they gave franchise status okay. to T.O. And then T.O. had all the belts but Devin's. Then he lost to, Gamb- uh, to Cambosis. Cambosis. I feel like the belts is... Bouncing. Is, is, yeah, they're bouncing. Well, Devin, if Devin defends it and keeps it, the, the, the bouncing has stopped. But if, yeah, the curse if somehow, will end. <laughs> if somehow get, uh, Cambosis beats again, they bounce, They go right back well, to Cambosis. Well, he was able to def- uh, He was not, actually. No, no, he didn't defend. Neither did Tio. No, Lenars was before uh, that fight. That's, That's right. what I'm saying. None of them defended. The only one that got to defend, and it wasn't that particular set of belts, is Loma. Because mm-hmm. he did beat Campbell. But he never had the IBF. When he went to gain it is when he lost them all. But we were talking about power, man. I remember watching that fight. Well, no, he was asking about the... He was asking I want to talk about power. Okay. You was talking about okay. power earlier, but we were talking... We were watching your fight live the day that it happened. And I remember saying like, bro, I didn't know you had that much power. It felt like you were touching him and he just was crumbling. Uh, do you think it was just him? The camp? What? Because Rocha wasn't going down like that. It just felt like you hit him and he huh. was he was either 
buckling or going down. Well, I had a, I had a full camp. Like even though I was going through my own shit, I had a full camp with people with like a strength condition trainer that actually focused on making sure that my body's at its full potential. You know, I had good training, I had good sparring. I had everything that was that was needed to make sure that I'm at full potential. Now, like when I'm at full potential, I'm devastating. And you can't you can't think that you're just going to you're going to figure out how to beat me. Like I have a way of beating everybody. I've been trained to beat Terrence Crawford. So like Terrence Crawford ain't going to help you. He ain't got no he ain't got no answers for that overhand. You can't see that shit coming. It it's was the, an the, awkward overhand. It's the same shit that I would have hit. I would have hit all of those guys that came from Philadelphia with. It's the same shit. Like, I have a way of being able to get these, these highly technical fighters. You know what I'm saying? Because I am one of them too. I learned, I learned a lot. Blit. I learned a lot. I came from a lot of different areas. I can fight and I can box. And like when it's all said and done, I'm creative. I'll make it happen. You talk about obviously having that power and where you come from. And, you know, we saw the video you recently put out calling Earl out. What about a Boots fight? What uh, about it? I'm saying, would, would that interest you, you know, uh, I think more realistic? I'm kind of sick and tired of, like, these young, these younger fighters. You know, we, we're talking about Boots. I got nothing but respect for Boots and his camp and, like, the people around him. I know all of them. I know all of them. I know everybody. You know what I mean? I'm well aware of, like, where Boots is right now in his career, in his life. But he's never been really tested. He's never been really tested. And it's like, I don't really care for it. I really, I, I really don't care for it until I actually see it. But do you even think that fight is actually possible with him being... With PBC? He's I not. I don't know. He's, he's with not. Showtime, he's though. Not, he's not with PBC. He's, he's with Showtime? Only with Showtime. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just saying because... I mean, despite his age, you know, he he doesn't have that belt. He doesn't have a belt. But I feel like he's probably the most talked about name outside of the champions. And on top of, you know, uh, not just the buzz that he has behind him, but he's, uh, you know. He's the mandatory. He, he's up there in the in, in, No, in the mandatory is, is, is Virgil Ortiz. For the WBC, WBO. So like, that's that's what I'm I'm going for. Yeah, I'm going for Virgil. But he's the mandatory in the WBO. Uh, and this is the fight? Who did he fight to get there? And like that, like Virgil fought. I mean, Cavalasquez. Like, uh, Cavalasquez is a 140 pounder. Nah, no, nah, he was 47. He he's was a, a 140 he, pounder before he got there. Like he he literally nah, is a 40. He fought Ray Robinson as well. He's and a 40 pounder. He's a 40. Yeah, at 140. 47. 47. I don't know. He's he looks like a 140 pounder to me. But um I don't know. Like Cavalasquez, that was a good fight. But did you just see Cavalasquez versus Michael Fox? Yeah, he won. But like Michael Fox is a is a kid compared to <laughs> come on. That's a cute kid. Come on. Like <laughs> everybody swear up and down they good until they get punched in the face, man. Like everybody's really, really good until they actually have some resistance. Let's see what happens when he bounces. Can he bounce back from this adversity? Like, I, like, I want to see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see that adversity. 
So I like that's that's what I see. I just I just want to see people go through some shit. You so know what I mean? You don't Before, think you could give boots that adversity that you're speaking of? Yeah, but then the thing is, am I gonna get the credit? Cause if I fucking whip Boots ass in front of everybody, and motherfucker, I'll, I'll pull up with Nas X too. I'll fucking fuck their head up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck everybody head up. I don't give a shit. Right? I don't give a shit. When you get to my level, you just don't give a fuck. I got I got fucking painted fucking fucking fingernails. I don't give a shit about nothing. You know what I mean? But if I smash him, what are you gonna say? Are you gonna say, "Oh shit, he's really that good"? Or are they gonna say Ennis wasn't really that good? Yeah, or are they gonna lower. say Ennis wasn't that good? Because Ennis, Virgil, all of them, all of them top athletes, kind of been all of them, ain't no different than the motherfuckers I just beat already. I'm not talking about Maurice Hooker. I'm talking about people like um, Ferdinand, people like Villalobos. These these are top young athletes that got everything to gain. You know what I'm saying? Undefeated. When's the last time they've been put in an undefeated fight where they fucking like and and then where's the adversity? Because like you when they, when you play in these I mean, games, but Boots has been who in the fuck fights. Guys? It's just that the fighters are not able to <sighs> make them go through ever. Like Van Heerden is experienced. He should have been able to do it. Most of those guys are beat before they even step in the goddamn ring. You before think, they step in, the, you think almost Lippin all Yetz, of them. Lippin Yetz was beat before he got in the ring. Former world champ. Absolutely. Well, uh, before he get, before he get in the ring, he's already Blair. beat. What is he going to do? Come forward. Blair, beat or not, before they you get in, beat or not before they get in the ring, those guys have got him up in all the rankings. He ain't no lower than three anywhere you check, even the ring. Absolutely. So I'm just saying, I like to see some adversity. It's just where I'm at with it. Like I came up the hard way just to even get to my ranking. You know what I mean? The hard way, and I had three year layoff. Like I like I want to see I want to see some adversity. So you don't think you gain nothing from that fight right now? I I don't see it. No. I don't think I don't think it's gonna sell. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think how how two guys from Philly ain't gonna sell because one is world marketing and one and the other one is only Philadelphia marketing. I don't mm. know, champ. I was at his fight in L.A. and I seen a fuck ton of pink shirts in the crowd for him. Yeah, those those are Philadelphia people that pulled up, and some of them like he's. So he got he got traveling fans. He got traveling that's, fans that's traveling wet fans. from coast to coast. Okay, nah, like that's just it's just not enough. It's just not enough. Well, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, not it's, a fight that could really enough. be made, in my I opinion. I don't think no, it's I, enough. I was just saying because of the Earl. No, and I get it. It's just, it's just, you could have said that you wanted it. I don't think it could be made. I don't think it could be made. I don't think it's, I don't think it's big enough yet, honestly. So I just Virgil don't think Ortiz is the I target. Think, I think Virgil is a big enough uh, fight. Okay, you know but I mean? that's the target. What, what is the date? Because Virgil looking, ain't going to fight in December. Y'all, that's a main December. event. I'm, I'm looking for December. So it ain't. So it's you definitely I mean? not Ryan Undercard. I'm trying to be a main event anywhere. Anywhere I can be. Hmm. You know what I mean? December, January. I don't give a shit. They call you to come to Dallas for Virgil. That's cool with San Antonio, probably. Nah, nah. They, they should fight right here in Las Vegas. Why not? You know what I mean? You want to you talk about world marketing? Market right the fuck here. And have people come here. You know what I mean? You want to be a worldwide uh, uh, entertainer? Come here. It's a business. Because that last, that last fight in Texas, that wasn't a sold-out crowd. You know what I mean? And I damn sure wasn't fucking putting on no extra promotion. 
You know what I mean? Like they got me fucking fighting underneath a goddamn female fights. And like I just don't I just don't want to be involved. I mm. just want and then they got me fighting a tougher fight. Like that's arguably like a bigger fight than the main event and by far the most attractive fight in the whole card. I don't got time for none of that I ain't bullshit. Front. You and you and Hooker are more known than Mickinson. McKinson, yeah. And then, like, none of us know how to even pronounce his name. You said McKinnison, other people said Mickinson. I don't know. And, like, McKinson wants to fight me, but it's like, what the fuck do I want to fight you for? I mean, common opponent with Virgil. So what? I'm tired of common opponents with Virgil. I fought two common opponents with Virgil already and destroyed them. And and I I fought them at way better circumstances, fair Mm. circumstances where I'm supposed to actually lose. You know what I mean? Brad Solomon, I was supposed to lose that damn fight. I had a one-year layoff. Brad Solomon came in well-prepared. He had, he had over three months of preparation. I only had two months of preparation. He came in in shape. Blair, why do you, you know keep I mean? getting these one-year layoffs? How many weeks did he come in prepared for, for Virgil Ortiz? Two weeks. He only, he only knew of fighting Virgil Ortiz two weeks prior. The promoter would tell you that. But why they keep giving you year layoffs? I don't know. Like it's um, I don't know. It's the promotion. It might be um, the the situation with with COVID, and like the whole situation where though like they haven't really put together like a good solid business solid business plan when it came to rebounding from the COVID, like while it was happening. But right now they're putting on fights and they're doing really well. So it's like why not go full force with Blair Flair um leading away. Um, I personally really like the idea of maybe even a fight against um, um Vargas, if Jesse he, Jesse Vargas. Yeah, that's a great that's a great athlete. That's I a great he move. He nah. He said he said he wants to fight in December. Shit, mm. I could put together something real quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I could sell that shit real hard, and it could easily be a main event attraction. Just, and it, and it'd be worldwide. It'd be worldwide right before the whole uh. Uh, Ryan Garcia fight, which would be great. Mm. You know what I mean? Great to keep boxing alive. I just wanted to keep that shit going. You know what I'm saying? I got a few questions from the people. Lidge Low in Decatur, <laughs> Georgia says, good to see you still at it, man. Who is the next fight for you? I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, after my last fight, it's, it's, isn't it quite obvious that Virgil Ortiz is a dead man? Isn't it quite obvious that Alexis Rocha is a dead man if he walks in that ring again? It's pretty obvious. I mean, obvious. can you get that rematch? You think they'll give it to you? Man, I have no clue. Because in the chat, that's all they saying, man. Tell him fight Rocha, man. Tell him he's talking big, but he lost to Rocha. Fight Rocha. Lost to Rocha? <laughs> I mean, you did lose to Rocha. And then I bounced back with an even better fight with against a better opponent. Improved. Like, with a good trainer, with good training, with a good performance, with good training inside and outside the ring, he has no chance. So there ain't no, there ain't no, oh, yeah, I would love to fight Blair Cobbs again. Nah, it's like, oh, you know what, I would like to, first we got to talk about that, I don't know. Yeah, you better say I don't know. James Valdez, San Antonio, Texas says, first of all, your last fight was impressive, champ. My question, do Thank the fighters... So have the means to tell their promoters who they want to face or are they forced to listen to the handlers? It's like, it's like a kind of like on both ends and things like that. I have no clue 
how things work. I'm just I'm just trying my best to to keep stay relevant and and keep boxing alive. You know what I mean? Even if it's by my own blood, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to survive this shit and I'm going to thrive and be better than ever before. And like before the fight, we were talking about Virgil Ortiz. After the fight, I don't know who the fuck I'm fighting. Mm. That fight with with um Maurice Hooker under the best circumstance that Maurice Hooker could possibly ever be in. Just like the Brad Solomon fight, under the best circumstances he could possibly ever be in. And then Virgil having a hard go with McKinson that does not punch like Blair Flair, that's not going to run some punches right through his guard because your hands is up because you can't see those punches. Mm-hmm. You're damn sure not going to see somebody that's, that moves faster on his feet and you're not going to hit nothing that's moving faster. You know what I mean? Consistently. That's going to stay, keep his wits about him throughout the whole fight. If it's 10 rounds, it's a 10-round ass whooping. If it's 12, it's a 12-round ass whooping. And you're definitely going to get knocked down. You're definitely going to get hurt. And let's see what the fuck happens when you actually get punched in your face. Because things, things change when you actually get hurt. You know what I mean? When you actually get hurt, we get to see... Who's the who's the like the who's the man, and who's the coward? Mm. And like you saw what I went through, you saw that I got no coward in me. They had to fucking stop that fight with my hands up and still punching. They had to stop that fight while I'm still in the ring. I'm still I'm still punching and I'm still on my goddamn feet. Going out on that shield, Deontay Wilder style. You know what I'm saying? Even worse than Deontay Wilder because I'm still <laughs> on my fucking feet when I'm punch when I'm ready. You know what I mean? Because you never know that. Shit, they let that shit go, and later on, oh shit, you done, you done got tired on me. Oh, your ass is dead now. Blader Flair comes back, and that's how that's what happens. Last one here from Canna in Nebraska. He says, "I see you have thoughts on Rocha. Are you willing to take the rematch next? Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, I'll definitely take that rematch. But I hear that he's not he's fighting another another bum, um, like next month or something like that. Hmm. So." You know, they're keeping him active. They're keeping him well protected and keeping him well away from danger. Fighting Blair Flair on a on a very, very late notice and keeping his keeping his resume nice and safe while Blair Flair goes out here and does all the hard work for him to put him in the rankings. Get his fucking name off my goddamn name. I'm the one working. You know what I'm saying? You if you want to keep fighting these weak-ass fights, his shit should be over there like at 12, 13, 14, like ranking. Mm-hmm. Like he should not be nowhere near my fucking ranking. He's at number seven in the WBO. And I don't understand why. Just because he beat me and then he fight a bunch of bums that's fucking got like one two-week notice, I don't got, I don't got time for that. Young Tigre in San Antonio says, has Ric Flair co-signed you? He is the go, and we have to see greatness from you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, he definitely co-signed me, and we definitely had conversations. And um, you're definitely seeing greatness in me and through me every fight out. You know, you're seeing the trials and tribulations of life through my career. Big ass layoff. How the hell you? How do you survive a, a fucking big ass layoff? You had to survive fucking poverty. 
damn, you you survive everything. Homelessness, like you survive Philadelphia with no family, no friends, nothing. You survive Mexico. Oh shit. Under under all the circumstances. Oh shit, you ain't even supposed to win this goddamn fight. You know what I mean? There is nobody in boxing and possibly in the world of sports itself that is more attractive. <laughs> There's no fucking person in the world that's that fucking inspirational. Period. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it, like that. If you can make water into wine, let me know because that's the only way you're gonna fucking put out a bladder flare show. <laughs> Bougie and Broward in Florida says, "So you saying you have the cheat code to beat Boots? Y'all worked before. If so, how did it go? And thanks for pulling up to the show. One hundred. Everything is about circumstances. Everything is about circumstances. Boots is on a is on a rise." I'm on a fucking three-year layoff. Not even sure if I even want to fucking fight anymore. Because like So you're saying at the time of sparring him, you were on a three-year layoff. Yes. That's during a three-year layoff. And on top of that, I am by far the most dangerous fighter in boxing in Philadelphia. So when it came to fucking Philly, I got banned from fucking sparring mm. anybody. Anybody? Anybody. The only reason that they will fucking, that I would end up sparring is under two circumstances. Two circumstances. And the two circumstances is this. I'm off my shit to a point where people know that I'm not even showing up to the gym enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, let's get you in there. Let's, let's spar. At least we have a chance to fucking survive. Or two. Somebody from outside of the gym and outside of Philadelphia comes in Philadelphia and whooping ass and tearing shit down. And guess who the fuck they call? Blair to Flair to go ahead and fucking finish them. You know what I mean? That's it. That's the only two circumstances that I will ever actually be able to spar, even spar. Blair, so you mean to tell me that had you not had that three-year layoff, that Jerron no would not have been able to survive in sparring with you. He wouldn't be able to survive in sparring, and we wouldn't even be talking about this goddamn fight. You know why? Because Boots probably wouldn't even fucking be here. Period. He probably wouldn't even be here. Do you know how bad it is when you get shook so bad that you take your that it takes your heart out? That's how bad I was able to hurt people. You know what I mean? And like, God forbid, if you was in my weight class. You know what I mean? God forbid if somebody just said uh, anything good about you. Because, like, I'm young, too. I was a savage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't give a fuck. Now, at least I'm older. Like, I, like oh, I'm like, let's just save it for the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, like, you showed up with a shirt today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I showed up to a shirt. I don't like, I'm, I'm always dressed, so, dressed to impress. Shout out to um One Monarchy. For always keeping your boy lit. So let me ask you, because I was just in Philly, and and maybe my eyes deceive me, but you don't think Boots could have improved? And because because like what you describing and what I just seen in Philly, like I was seeing him tear up the middleweights and the super middleweights and sparring. You know that was me mm. before I left. But the thing is, it was a it was a major difference between what I was doing and what he's doing. He's very technical. He knows every trick that Philly has to offer. 
He doesn't know how to beat him. He doesn't know how to beat a Philadelphia fighter outside of like using just better tricks. But the thing is, right, he knows all the tricks. He's great at technique. You know what I'm saying? And I I would presume that maybe he has gotten, he's very consistent and he has gotten a little bit better. But you really can't get that much better than where you're at until you actually stepped out of your comfort zone. I'm sorry, but like that's still the that's still the same kid that like that we sparred once 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 before. You know what I mean? That I fought that like I like I didn't have a fight in God knows when, didn't have sparring until God knows when, and just like came off of the streets. You know what I'm saying? And that was like his biggest accomplishment in Philadelphia. Remember this shit. If he's fucking remembering this dumbass fucking sparring and his father, oh my God, it was such, like, yeah, we won. Remember how bad of a motherfucker you got to be if that was a big fucking accomplishment. Having one day of sparring, one fucking positive Mm. day of sparring. You know how bad of a motherfucker I was? I was that fucking bad. They have to bring that up right quick. Hurry up. Hurry up. Bring that up because that's, that's all we got. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know that it's bringing it up, Blair. If you consistently saying you want to fight him and that you could beat him, and then he just recalls to the spawn, like, bro, when we work, nah, I before, put hands on before him. we before that. It's like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bring that up, but you got to remember, they remember that that fucking weak ass sparring, like it's tomorrow, like it was yesterday, like and like the thing is, there's a reason behind that. It's not like I was a fucking no-name dude that just said that they came to my gym to spar. They came to my gym to spar because I am the biggest and most dangerous person in Philadelphia. And they've been practicing and training to fucking like to, to come at that gym at that specific time to challenge themselves at their full potential. While my, I'm not nowhere near my full potential, but the credit of even surviving a non-full aggressive Blair Flair is more than what most people can even accomplish. I'm able to jump across that goddamn ring and crack a motherfucker with some shit that they can't even see coming. I was that fucking fast. You know what I mean? Now I'm more elusive on different aspects and doing different things, I'm still creative to a point where you can't even trust being close to me sometimes. You know what I mean? But still, that being said, you have to realize that. So when I fucking stood up and pulled up on his ass, like, good fight. First of all, the fact that he even saw me shook him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. what you mean, bruh? You ain't see the look on his face? But if he would have been shook, he would have walked away. Nah. He was shook. He Bro, can't no, walk no, no. away. Being shook he is can't, being shook he is can't walking. Walk away. I see you walking on the same side of the street as me, and, and I walk. I go up, on the other side. <laughs> I was there. He didn't go anywhere. Y'all, look, y'all had y'all words back and forth. Look, this is where it is. He cannot escape me because <laughs> I'm right the wrong there. Side of I'm the right street. There. Nah, I'm I'm right there. I'm in his face, like this. Oh, yeah. But a fight. And, and I'm standing right I, there. Yeah, I was so, in. like, he can try, he was trying to, like, avoid me until we have to lock <laughs> eyes. And now we lock eyes. Shit. 
He turned his head. Turned his head. He shook. He shook. He's frozen. <laughs> frozen for a minute. <laughs> what's, what's up, man? Yeah, good fight. Oh, you pulled him in. You pulled him in. Yes, of course. Get out of here. Of course. Put, hold on, let me see if I can pull up. <laughs> Grab his hand, pull him in right there. I got you. You ain't going nowhere now. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Hard grip, too. Like, look. Now, you know what's going to happen now, right? Come on, man. Come on, man. Don't do this, man. What? You going to say Boo said don't do this? Yeah. Come on. No, you know, you know what's going to happen, right? Because you, you, you do know that, right? So, it's like, so I just put up the video. <laughs> I just put up the video. And, and I'm not going to lie to you, Blair. Your story is very contradicting. Uh-oh. Hold very up. contradicting. Hold up. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying. I want to see it. I saw Boots stare in your eyes and he reached his hand out to shake your hand. That's what I just seen in the video. I just said to tell you. Look, that's good. look at it. Look at see. it again. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then he turned. Okay. Okay. Then he turned. Okay. Then he turns. He turned his head. Who pulled him in? Did Did Blair bring him back? Blair ain't let go of that hand. That's for sure. Oh, so Blair ain't lying. He said, "Oh, where you going? You got it." I mean, bless staying you down. I'm trying to wait what's going oh, on. Oh, no, I was waiting for you to uh, nah, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'd love to see this shit. <laughs> All right, we good. Let me get a screen share, fellas. Because I'm going to be honest, I was there. I don't remember it being this long. This is seven minutes. That was, uh, it was something. You know what I mean? I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. And it don't, ain't nobody, ain't, can't nobody scare me, man. You talking about somebody that's fucking been connected to I- El Chapo. You can't fuck with me right now, dude. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Uh, one you call was, and everybody's kidnapped. I ain't gonna. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. You was by yourself. You I mean, I mean, they don't want that manifest to be light. So I'm, I'm gonna be good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Let's, but right. it was, it was a great, it was a great time. You know what I mean? And I, t- I take nothing away from Boots. Boots is doing his thing. You know what I mean? But like, when it's my time, it's my time. All right, this is it. Let me get a screen share. Hey yo, nah, nah, you, you, you stunting, Danny. Danny got favorites. I see you. I see you. I see you, Blair. No, I, 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 said, <laughs> I see you. I said he Bruh, turned around. No, 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 no. It's obvious. It's obvious that Blair's staring him down, and Ennis is trying not to look at him. Then he's like, "Fuck it, I'ma look at him." And then he's smiling it off. Come on, man. Look at this shit right there. Shout out to Fight Look, look at Ennis. I mean, look at look at Boots staring him down. Now look, look. He locked. Who's smiling? Who not? Look, tapped him in the, tapped him in the chest. Look, pulled him to yeah, yeah, that, He pulled him. Yeah, right. I, I stopped him. Who's he looking at? Who's he looking at? Who's he looking at? It ain't fucking me. No, I had stopped it right before that, and that's why when I let it keep <laughs> Yo, playing, you I still said, got his hand too. You ain't going. He said you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> he still got one hand. That's insane. <laughs> Okay, he got both hands now. He's, what he's saying is levels, is levels or some shit like that, right? He, he needs to look at everybody else to justify who he is. He, he needs, hey, hey, y'all, help me. Hey, y'all, help me. Mm. We good, guys. 
Well, that was the last man, question, let's get man. That fight, man. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not gonna but, happen no, though. No, you no, different sides of the no, street. I'm just saying. I mean, because, it's, I think anything's possible. Despite you, know you saying <laughs> not till you get that you off don't of see the zone. benefit. Despite you saying that you don't see the benefit, he's still top three in every sanctioning body. Ring mm-hmm. magazine. You beat him. Like you saying, will they give you credit? You think you so? Will a thousand percent move up the ranking. Word. Well, I get the credit. You know you'll get the credit. So I don't know. If you yeah, beat Boots, he the new boogeyman. But, uh, don't act like people ain't avoiding him. Everybody's saying, everybody's, everybody's saying something except something. let's fight. Everybody's avoiding They're everybody like, though. Oh, Boots ain't ready. Boots uh, ain't. Boots don't got to go. He ain't calling out Virgil. Who Boots He ain't for? calling out any young guys. I mean, he ain't calling out nobody that ain't, ain't on the same side young, of the ain't street. Ain't none of these young athletes calling each other out. You don't have. Like, you don't have anybody calling each other out at all. I mean, he called out Crawford, Earl, Thurman. Everybody can call out Crawford, Thurman, and Earl, and, and, and Keith, and all that good stuff. You know what I mean? We, we can call out those guys until you're blue in the face. You know what I mean? They're, all, they're on their way out, regardless. This is the new generation. So the whole thing is, they're on their way out. But but if but, who, who what young but athlete Blair, is not, calling out another young athlete? But I'm I not understanding other young you. athletes that had nothing but like everything to gain. But age but don't I, matter. It's who the top guy. No no no. But I don't understand like you because guys, you, the top guys, the top up and comers. Why is up and coming top fighters not even thinking about fighting each other? They just trying to get to that world title before you, before the you, other person. You does. yourself saying they protect them, Rocha, and they protect them, Virgil. So so if they protect them, Virgil, why? They, why? Why protect them? I mean, you like, know if, the if business are, of boxing. If they, they are Mexican, if he's they Mexican, are, and they could sell in San Antonio, so they're trying to put him in the right fights, make him more of a star. You know why I, he he's wanna, Mexican and he could punch. So what? Marketing, Blair. What's what's more marketing than just like marketing itself? Like, okay, you have you have Virgil Ortiz, right? But then you have Blair to Flair. The whole thing is you just got to market, though. If, if you do your job, Blair Flair is nine times out of ten a world icon. Now, you have Virgil Ortiz. Yes, he sells to the Mexican audience. Blair Flair do, too. You have uh, Virgil Ortiz. He has a lot of power. He knocks out fighters. Blair Flair do, too. It's just, I like, why not make that fight happen? And if that fight don't happen, then, like... Because one guy got a bigger name than the other. How? You don't... You How? Don't, no, I'm that saying... That last fight was no, not no, no, a sold-out no, crowd. I'm not saying between y'all two. I'm saying, like, <sighs> instead of fighting Virgil, Boots is a way bigger name. And I feel like a way more buzzing name. Now, obviously, you and Virgil on the same side of the street. And big picture, they both they both really in the same position as mm. far as, you know, one's a mandatory and one sanctioning body, the other one's a mandatory and the other sanctioning body. Mm. You know, for me... I think it's kind of like an Earl thing, like take care of your side of the street. Why wouldn't you fight Virgil before going to fight, you know, one of those other guys? I feel like if anything, it just gives you more uh, leverage, more leverage, you know, mm-hmm. more, more, uh, you know, leverage and bargaining in negotiations. But it's I just, like I think that me personally, I'm sick of it. And I know the fans are getting tired of it. The fans are getting tired of like so much. Yeah, so but, much like strategic thinking when it comes to business and yeah. not actually fighting yeah, but the, and the, not boxing. So the thing is, we get we 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 get robbed 
of who could really be the best because of circumstances. A lot of really good fighters lose only because of like it, the, the circumstances. A lot of really good fighters, they might only win because of circumstances. There's circumstantial losses and circumstantial gains out of just like just trying to like finesse and move things along. Sure. And it's just like I would love to see like these guys get into positions where it's though like, okay, it's a 50-50 fight. You know what I mean? You could lose the fight. And, like, let's see you test it before you're actually, like, in the world title. You know what I mean? It's like guys will be not tested and be making these circumstantial wins and not showing the world who the hell they really are until the until the world title. And sometimes by the time they get to the world title, they know way more about their fucking um, champion. And the champion's already on his way out. Then the champion knows of him, cause there's less, there's there's really a lot less footage, and there's a lot less like tests that that person went through, cause they're all circumstantial wins and circumstantial gains. Yeah, but I just want to see more out of boxing. The problem is you're saying that the fans are getting upset, but it's the fans only, is tired of yeah, it. Yeah, but it's only the diehards, right? So at the end of the day, it's not the people that turn you into a superstar. So that's why Ryan is able to fight. To go and still do 10, 12,000 tickets and fight Word. fucking Fortuna, who mm. Fortuna's really a featherweight, but asked for 40 for the fight to be at 140, right? So he's able to do that and still do good ticket sales and still. Is he a 140 pounder or is he a 35 pounder? Why is everybody moving out of 35? Well, I'm saying he started at 26. The fight was supposed to be at 35. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the, the reports are that it was Fortuna, his team, that requested the, the bump to 140. Mm. But we got a Mexican super chat. Who but nonetheless, says, nonetheless, it's like those aren't the those aren't the people that are getting tired of it that you're speaking of. Like the people that go see Ryan and the people that go see Tank and the people that go see Tyson Fury. Those aren't the people that I mean, you can't really say shit about Tyson. But those aren't the people. Tyson's that, great, <laughs> right? But those aren't the people that are getting tired of it. Like those guys are stars and they're able to bring in the 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 casual. And mm. those are the people that do turn you to the superstars. The diehards are going to be the diehards, right? The diehards are people like me that no matter how bad your team is or no matter how bad the, the sport is doing you over, year after year, you still support him because you just love it that much. And it just means that much to your life. You know the, what I'm saying? The way you're talking about this, right, is, is this. The diehards are sick and tired of it. But the thing is, right, the diehards is the actual blood that pumps the heart of boxing. The diehards are the are the fans that are keeping boxing alive. When you have fucking YouTubers, when you got like MMA, you got this, you got a whole got a whole whole array of other things that they could be fucking watching, but now they're watching boxing. You know what I mean? The diehards is boxing. You know what I mean? Those fans are what what makes boxing great. You know what I mean? And converting some of these guys that's, that's, that's never known anything about boxing into boxing and all that stuff, they're the people that keeps boxing alive. And when you got when you hurting boxing, you're hurting those fans. You're hurting the actual heart that keeps boxing alive. So when I'm saying like people are tired, yeah, it might be the, it might be only the diehard fans, but it's the diehard fans that keep boxing alive. That's for sure. 
Uh, listen, and we got. I, I guess in the sense, right? But you mentioned like the YouTubers. They're the. I mean, they have their niche, and it's, and like I'm happy that they're around for the time that they're being because boxing don't have a mega star just yet, like yet. I would say, but then I I would even say like maybe. Tyson Fury is a mega star, I think. I mean, Canelo is, Anthony Can- Canelo Joshua. is too, I think. But like, they you don't put Javante they, there? They haven't quite captured the fans like Floyd Mayweather. And we're, we're all looking and waiting for another Floyd type of fighter. Like that, that took the world by storm. Like Manny Pacquiao. Like, um... Sugar Ray Leonard in his prom. You don't think Canelo, in his sense, has done that? I think Canelo has done it in 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 many aspects, but the, I just one think of it's the biggest problems compared to Floyd, like Floyd, Floyd was just you know he has all these records as far as gate sales and pay per views and things like that. How did he do that? Did he do that because of like because of like uh, oh, what do you call easy. it? It's, it's, because it's, of politics, or no, did no, he no, did it because easy. he was like not just a boxer? But an entertainer. Yeah, an entertainer. But the th- the the beauty about it was with him is that he understood he understood like marketing in this country, right? He understood that unlike the other great countries in the sport, like Mexico and the UK, and just so many countries that have contributed to the sport, this is the only country where you're best off being hated on instead of loved on, right? Like like Tito Trinidad. Loved, adored, and he was a a legend and is a legend in Puerto Rico. Same could be said about Chavez. Same could be said about so many British fighters. But that's not the case in this country. And he understood that and he played off of that, right? I think he really just didn't have a chance. Like, he just, like, he is loved. Like, he is loved and adored by tons of fans. But the thing is, like, in this country, we are living in a very, very, very racist country. You know what I'm saying? Whereas though, like, you know what sells? Being hated more than fucking being loved at the, at this time. And probably all the time. You know, people don't understand that, like, Muhammad Ali was hated. He was the most hated athlete in boxing, period. By far. But he not only, he not only was hated, he, he even fought against the odds. He... Like, you know what I mean? He only was loved in the back end of his career after being beaten and, and bruised by just life itself and, and going through the trials and tribulations of life. But that's what, like, makes boxing great. And then when you leave and the, the legacy that he left made it possible for other fighters to walk in his shoes. I mean, it leaded and made way for people like Sugar Ray Leonard to, to, to do what he did. You know what I mean? And bouncing back from that adversity with um with Roberto Duran. But the legacy that Floyd Mayweather is leaving behind is not one that like can really like push boxing farther along. You know what I mean? Like that's what I see. Now I still love Floyd to death. Hell, I might even fucking sign with Floyd. Who knows? You know what I mean? That that might be a possibility. But the thing is, like, the legacy that he left behind was was the idea of, I want to be perfect. So let me manipulate things and make the conditions 100% best for me 
and not so best for the opponent. Which means we don't really get those 50-50 fights. We don't get those uh those people that just dare to be great. You know what I mean? And like that makes it very, very hard for boxing to survive. And then you have people like me that's trying to make, that's trying to push the envelope for an opposite way of thinking to keep boxing alive. You know, and like, and yeah, we got Javante Davis. I mean, but like years ago, he could have fought, he could have fought this fight with Ryan Garcia years. And we can say that Ryan Garcia is a problem. You know what I mean? Years ago, they could have fought. You know what I mean? Um, years ago, one of them could have fought Lomachenko. You know what I mean? That was nothing but crickets when, I mean, when Lomachenko I mean, was I mean, on top I mean, of the world. I mean, not one of them. The only one that could have fought him was Ryan. I mean, uh, Tank. Ryan, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's barely just won an interim title. But I got a couple super well, chats. No, I mean, uh, he was part of that four-way BC, uh, four-way BC tournament, right? Who? That the WBC had proposed to fight Lomachenko it was supposed to be Devin, T.O., Ryan, and I forget who the fourth was, but mm-hmm. you know, um, and no, like nobody wanted to talk about fighting Lomachenko. I don't like that. It's it's tough though, Blair, because like it's a business, right? And people talk about the 50 50 fights and a lot of uh, a lot is of it, our callers. Is it a business? Because, it, like, it, in it, the end, like, if we're not out there entertaining these motherfucking fans, if we're not out there doing our best to make sure that we produce a mega star, if, if, if mega star quality is not at the top of our to-do list, we are losing. And more and more, we are losing to people of the likes of, of YouTubers. More and more, we are losing to the people of the likes of MMA fighters, more and more we are losing to the idea, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay tuned to football all all, all this uh, this season instead of focusing on boxing. You know what I mean? And we have a whole lot of different avenues. We have baseball. We have a lot of different sports to take your entertainment. And we have Netflix. You know what? You know what? Fuck this damn fight. I'm about to put on Netflix. The whole thing is we need to keep pushing the envelope. You know what I mean? We need to keep pushing the envelope on these fights being made. And like sometimes when you when you make things so much business oriented, it can get in the way of what boxing really was and really like the idea of what boxing truly was. It was about the world's best and like seeing who would rise to, to greatness. Yeah, but you got to you it's it's like you got to you got to pick your poison because a lot of people say they call in they'll say UFC is great because we as fans get to see the fights that we want to see, right? And, and right. that's why the sport is so great and amazing. But now you as a fighter, go talk to a fighter. See if he get in the purse he want. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, in, in MMA world? Of course. So, so it's like... Well, it's, that's because that's a conglomerate that's all controlled by one entity. Okay, they have a couple others that's like doing their own thing. But the real yeah, they're, one they're the is, U- is UFC. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so now it's like, yeah. if we go back to the old days when you used to have three Hall of Famers on one Don King card, that's great for the fans. That's amazing. We win. Mm-hmm. But do the fighters? Like, are they? Uh, how are they doing financially these days? Mm. So I don't know that I want to go back to the old days of boxing. Now, Just I get because what you're of saying. the fighters are being, are being swindled. Uh, absolutely. Right, because I get what you're saying. I get mm. that. That's a good point. What, what, what the what the sport was based on, but it's like 
you gotta have you gotta have some sort of basis. Like at the end of the day, you still gotta feed your family, right? So what is gonna happen to you? Because the sport stops, right? You're a man. You go have kids. I don't know if you have any already, but you start a family. You gotta care for that family, and I don't mean just financially. I mean physically. So there's a difference when those guys was fighting six, eight, ten times a year. But now we look at them and they not the same and they only mm-hmm. in their fifties when they and really you talk to them they ain't got they they don't have much so it's like I don't know that I want to go back to the old ways but I I do believe that there has to be a good balance I do believe that we have to see some of those fights but the fighters need to be you know treated fairly as well I think I think that's that's a one hundred percent plausible case being said and the thing is right. You know what fixes that? Promotion. 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 Not just with fighters building their brand like Blair or Flair, the most exciting man in boxing. Um, that does the Ric Flair woo that comes out to a specific type You're the exception of though, genre. Blair. You're the, the thing is, all of these fighters need to have their own shit together. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but th- you know, that might take some advice from outside. Some outside advice on, like, you know what I mean? Probably possibly coming up with a game plan and promoting. Look, the idea was once upon a time, that was the promoter's job, though. Now the fighters are promoting themselves and the, and the promoters are just barely. When I say just barely, just barely promoting mm-hmm. the fight. Just the fight, that alone. We need to see more of what's going on between these fighters and their camp, like everything. I agree. There needs to be more access between the fans and the fighters and getting the getting the fighters' names out there. I so agree. when they fight these big mm-hmm. fights that they that they one they deserve to be fighting and the fans deserve to see, they get paid the amount of money that they deserve, and and that and that's without like hurting the promoters' pockets and everybody. If everybody is not so goddamn like stingy to keep money for themselves. I feel like with the right promotion and coordination to like to um to top companies like the zone, like ESPN, like Showtime, we can make some amazing stuff happen, even if they all combine together. I agree, but the problem Danny, is Danny, I've been trying to get on. this off, my friend. And I'm sending you messages. Uh, like what the fuck? Oh, we're on the show. I Jesus didn't, I'm not Christ. Sure. Oh, go ahead, champ. Go ahead. I'm just saying it's been like 15 fucking minutes, my friend. We're like pay a, a fucking attention to the pay attention to your goddamn laptop. We're trying uh, to communicate. We got a certain amount of fucking time. You aggravating. I'm over here like Danny, 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 Danny. Fucking chat is telling you, Danny, Danny, Danny. You just frah. Oh, my bad. Jesus Focus Christ, on the show, my champ. man. I want you to commute. We gotta communicate, brother. Damn. <laughs> Yo, you just... I, I've been trying to get this Mexican super jab. My man okay, lived in fucking Mexico. Let's see. Let's of see what course. they say. What Somebody they got to say. in Mexico paying to fucking talk to you. Okay, let's this see. This dude's just ignoring <laughs> the fuck out of him. You know how hard it is to make a super chat in a, a third world fucking country? Jesus, read the shit. Jesus, we got the we got to communicate. I'm sitting here like mute. For 30 minutes. <laughs> I can't believe like checking you. messages, huh? Bro, I'm texting you. But that, that, you anyway. Know, it, it was very yeah, interesting. So Warriors Let's... only says that I have a Boots poster in my locker. Oh, he good. says, saludos to Blair. He has fans out here in Mexico. Boots versus Blair. Let's make it happen. Or 
Broly versus Blair at one four seven. I like that some years down the line. I do want Roly. I do want Roly and you. I mean, I mean, I'm at 45. I think because I can make 45. Most of my fights, I make 45. You and Thurman, that might be the biggest, you know, fights for you because me and Thurman would be great. And Roly though, because I love Roly to death. Like we're we're actually friends. Like in like yeah, and I think I think that fight could possibly be made. And the whole thing is, that's what pushes the envelope for boxing. We need big fights. We need big, big promotable uh, characters and make something special happen. You know what I mean? I was trying to get the whole idea with uh, with um, Adrian Broner and getting him back out of retirement and all that stuff. Hell, hell, I don't have a lot of experience. He has a chance to beat me. I'm probably still going to be an under, uh, um, uh, underdog in that fight. You know what I mean? Adrian Broner coming back and, like, and being better than ever. And he's like, he's off drugs, he's off the drinking, he's he's done, got himself together. We can promote that fight and make it happen. You know, we can make it happen right there with the zone. There's a lot of good things that I think that can happen. You know what I mean? And absolutely. If the fans want it and want to make it happen, we can make it happen. You know what I mean? I have a great team behind me and I'm comfortable now to a point where I, I can like, I can build as an athlete and build as a, as an entertainer and everything and not worry so much about like just training myself. <laughs> you don't even understand the amount of like Stress. miracles, miracles mm. I had to work. So like, you know, I, I like, let's, let's see these fights happen. What, what else do you guys have to say? What, what else are you saying? want to see those fights happen. Nah, man, that's it. Uh, we do have to wrap as uh, our time has come to an end here. But Blair, please give out your social media. Absolutely, absolutely. You can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Blair Flair. And for more exciting content, official BlairToFlair.com. You can check me out on YouTube at Blair Flair. There's lots of content being pushed on my Instagram page. If you need more content and if you want to see what Blair Flair is getting into, check it out at Blair Flair. Blair Flair is the most exciting man in boxing and the next big thing in boxing. Let's get it. And let's make it happen at the boxing cast, the boxing view. I mean, the boxing voice. I'm <laughs> tripping. I'm tripping right now. It's been such a no, long he did day. Not just fuck up the day three times. Uh, uh, three times. I'm fucking tired as hell right now. Check it out at the boxing voice podcast kings. Like, there's Yo. just nothing better than these guys doing a thing right here in Las oh, Vegas, Nevada. And I'm very appreciative to be here. And like, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit tired. It's time to get out of here. Wait, yes, indeed. We, they loved you from Mexico, but they hate you in America. We got Baltimore saying, uh, best dad ever says, when you was tested, you lost. I'm done. Huh. When so I you, was you tested. Because you was telling us, like, you know, some of these that's, young that's, guys need to be tested. They need that's to suffer a lie. adversity. That's a lie. That's somebody that doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm. They, they're not. They're, have you checked my record? Did you check how how much of an underdog I was against Caribbean? Did you check how how much of an underdog I was against Villalobos? Did you check how much I was an underdog even against somebody of the likes of um of Robert Redman? You know what I mean? There's a lot of good fights in that in the midst of like just the buildup to Blair Flair's marketing campaign of 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 world's greatest. You know what I mean? Even even the um my last fight, I fought Rocha. Yes, I fought Rocha late notice. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get the win. But what did I do right after right, right after Rocha? I fought an even better fighter. 
You know what I mean? Who the hell is doing that? Let me know in the comment section. Who the hell is, has taken a loss and then fought a better fighter than the last motherfucker he fought? Because most of these guys, wanna, they, wanna, they want these easy fights, especially after a loss to get their goddamn um, their stuff together. I had to get my shit together in the midst of a five-week training camp. <laughs> like, caught miracles. Bar- Barrios did that. Barrios lost the tank for Thurman. But he didn't win like you. But he didn't win. See, like, what, what the hell? You know what I mean? So, am I not the only one doing it? Mm. Successfully. Dramatically, you saw something different in that last fight. Not only you saw the power in, a, in, in my ability to put somebody on the canvas multiple times off the gate. Like, you get in my face, I'm putting you down. You come for, walking forward, you're not going to be able to do that shit again. You know what I mean? So the whole idea of fucking Alexis Rocha walking me down is going to be a dead mission. But you know what else is a dead mission? Thinking that you're going to survive the whole damn um, fight and win each round. I'm fast enough to get in and get out, and I'm smart enough to make sure that I'm safe and winning each and every single round. I can do it all. And, like, what else? What more could you ask for from a fighter that proven himself? Nah, man, you definitely came back from adversity by beating the former world champ. We do appreciate your time. Uh, we have to wrap up. My name is Nesta Gibbs. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at NestGTO. Catch my co-host. Ringwalk Danny on Instagram and Twitter. We are the Boxing Voice. Catch us tomorrow. 6 a.m., Breakfast Club of Boxing, and we'll be right back from Blue Wire Studios in the Wing Casino at 12 p.m. Peace.